Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Daughter Strength Podcast. Today's episode is going to be on Genesis 3. Now, if you listen to the last two episodes, we talked about Genesis 1 and 2. We read the story of creation and we talked about how it applies to our identity as well as how or what takeaways we can get from the creation story and apply it to our fitness journey. And for today's episode, we are going into Genesis 3, where we read about the fall. Even if you've never read this story before, or if you're very new to reading the Bible, you're probably familiar with the story of Adam and Eve. And if you're not, that's okay, because we're going to be reading it together today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Genesis 3, and I'm reading from the NLT version. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, the story keeps going, but I want to pause right there because I want to focus on the character of Satan and the deceitful words that Eve fell into. Now, we know that the Bible describes Satan as a father of lies. John 8, says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a father and the father of lies. So these are the words of Jesus, and there's some context to this. I don't want you guys to think, wait, what? I thought God was my father. What does he mean? I'm the father of the devil. That's not a topic that we're going to get into. He was talking to specific people for a specific reason, and we can unbreak that in a different episode. But I want you to focus on what Jesus said about Satan. He called him a murderer from the beginning he said that he there is no truth in him when he lies that's his native tongue that's all he knows he's a father of lies and the way that satan will lie to you is very very sneaky because one sometimes it sounds like your own voice and two he places little seeds of doubt And we know this because just as he told Eve, what were the very first words he said to Eve? Did God really say? So Satan doesn't start by coming to Eve and outright lying to her and saying, hey, you can still eat from this tree. No, he places that doubt by saying, did God really say? So he's not outright lying to Eve, but he's placing a seed of doubt in her head where she's thinking, hmm, well, is that really what God meant? 
maybe it's not so bad if I eat from this tree. So it wasn't an outright lie, but it was the voice of doubt. Satan was making Eve doubt God's goodness and doubt that he isn't really good, that he isn't really loving. So that is the way that Satan will lie to you. It's not always outright lies. It begins with doubt. After Satan says, did God really say, the woman says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. It's only from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So Satan's very first scheme, which was placing the seed of doubt in Eve's mind, didn't work all the way. It didn't cause her to sin just yet, but it planted that seed of doubt. And then we keep reading. We see here that Eve defended herself. She told him that it was just from this specific tree that they can't eat from. And then, verse 4, Satan says, You won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Then the woman was convinced. Wow. So Satan's step one was to get Eve to doubt place that seed of doubt in her mind and step two was to convince her of a lie so at first satan tried to convince eve or not convince her but plant that seed of doubt that god wasn't entirely good in saying what he told her he was implying that god was strict or stingy or selfish for not wanting to share his knowledge of good and evil It's so, so important that we recognize the work of the enemy in our lives because we know from Ephesians 6, 12, it says that the battle is not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and spirits from the unseen world. So this fight that we're up against is very real and it's spiritual and it's supernatural. And we know that our fight is against the devil and his evil angels and evil spirits that roam the world and just as the holy spirit speaks to us speaks to our hearts there is other spirits that will try to speak to you and these spirits if they're not the holy spirit if they're not from god if it's not something uplifting and good and perfect gift because the bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the lord if it's something that's opposite of that, then we need to be very vigilant of taking our thoughts captive, taking them over to the Lord and seeing where is this really coming from? Because if it's not my father's voice, because Jesus said, my sheep hear me and they know my voice and they follow me. But if what I'm hearing in my mind is not of the voice of God, if it's not something that's good, then who is this coming from? Where is this coming from? So as followers of Christ, as daughters of God, we have to have discernment in knowing where is this voice coming from? We have to discern between the voice of Satan and the voice of the Holy Spirit. John 10.10 says, the thief, referring to Satan, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
God's voice will always speak in truth and it can be tested through scripture. God's voice will always also bring you direction. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. God's voice gives you truth. It gives you direction to redirect your path. And there's so much more goodness that God's voice brings. The voice of Satan, however, is going to be so deceptive. It's going to be such a deceiving lie. Just how he planted doubt in Eve's mind, he will try to bring doubt in your mind. And now I'm not talking about having curiosity. There's a difference between, you know, let's say someone brings you some knowledge of scripture that you're not sure if it's true or not and you doubt it. Or you start to question like, hmm, is that really what the Bible says? Or that's like a a curiosity. That's a healthy doubt. But when I talk about doubt, the kind of doubt that Satan placed in the mind of Eve was doubting in God's character, doubting in his goodness. And then from that, he spoke an actual lie. But it first started with doubt. I heard someone say one day, that Satan will never lie to you about who you are, but he will lie to you about who God is. For example, let's say that because of previous experiences you've had with relationships, being hurt over and over again, being heartbroken, cheated on, abused, you start to think to yourself, I am unlovable. I must be unlovable because look at everything that has happened to me. Now from the surface, That might seem like a lie about yourself because you're calling yourself unlovable or you're thinking in your heart that you truly are unlovable. But underneath the surface, the lie there is that God does not love you. And in him not loving you, then that means that God must not be loving. You feeling unlovable, you thinking that God must not love you, Though it sounds like a lie about yourself, it's actually a lie about who God is. As we know, because the Bible tells us that God loved us before the foundations of the world. He loved us. God loved us enough to send his only son to come and die for us and take our place on the cross and give us everlasting life with him. He loved us enough to redeem us and to bring us back into relationship with him. So no, you are not unlovable. God is loving and God does love you. There was a time in my life where my family members were going through a lot and it was one thing after the other. And through all of those family events, I was always the one to step up and do what I can to help everyone and to make sure that everybody's okay. And it was very, very And this was also during a time when I had just gotten out of a very difficult circumstance that happened in my life. And my relationship with God was not there, like at all. So I was broken trying to fix and heal other people when I hadn't even healed myself. And so it was very exhausting and so demanding and I felt like I had so many loads to carry so many burdens to carry my own and then everyone else in my family 
And because of all these things that had happened, I started to believe that I needed to be in control, that without me, my family would not be able to make it. I felt like I had to pick up all the broken pieces and I always had to be physically present in order to keep the peace, in order to maintain everyone happy, everyone satisfied. And in me believing that, the real lie was that God was not in control and that he was not taking care of my family. And I remember the moment that I received the gospel a year later after all of this stuff was happening and that I had an encounter with Christ where he set me free from that. He set me free from my past that I was so deeply haunted by and carrying with me every single day and he set me free from that lie of it had to be me I have to be in control without me my family isn't okay and I could finally breathe and realize that I just need to take a step back and let God do his thing and trust that he is loving trust that he has a plan for my family trust that he will do miracles in my family's life just as he had just done a miracle in my life in that moment and I had to just take a step back and thank God because the weight of carrying other people's burdens was finally lifted off and I could breathe and rest in just knowing how good he is and how faithful he is. And a couple months to a year after this, he was faithful. There was a reconciled marriage in my family. My parents were on the brink of divorce and my, my and God restored them. There was a baptism in my family where a family member gave her life to Christ after just A year ago, she had tried to kill herself. And the chains of depression and suicide were broken in Jesus' name. There was another family member who had struggled with drug abuse, drug addiction. And she also gave her life to Christ, accepted him as her savior, and began the process, the road to recovery from drug abuse. And I think what would have happened if I would have stayed believing that lie, that God isn't good, that he doesn't love my family, that he doesn't hold them in his hands, that he's not there in the future. And I think, well, God, it would have, he would have done the same thing. He would have still been faithful. He would have still did the things that he had planned. But I I don't know what would have been from me. Because I was in such a deep depression that I I didn't, I don't know what would have come from me if I would have stayed believing that lie. Now, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know your story, but God knows. He sees you and he hears you and he doesn't want you to hold on to whatever it is that you're carrying, whatever lie that you've believed for years, maybe one that you can't even identify because it's something that's become such a huge part of you but whoever's listening I just want to pray for God to reveal that lie 
and for him to speak a better word over you one that fills you with encouragement and hope and truth one that breaks the chains of deception of evil of whatever satan you has been using to hold you back from trusting god fully from giving your life to him from experiencing the goodness of god from experiencing his love holy spirit i just want to pray for whoever's listening to this god you know exactly what it is that they're battling with you know what lie they've believed and lord i pray that today that right now in the car or wherever they are that you speak a a better word over them lord that you speak truth and that you break those chains of lies and deception from the enemy that have held them back from experiencing your love and your goodness and your faithfulness god in jesus name speak to them if today's episode encouraged anyone or you heard the holy spirit for the first time i'd really really love to chat with you or even if you just listen to this and there's parts of the story that you can that resonate with you i would love to talk with you my dms are always open i will leave my information down below so you guys can get into contact with me but i love you guys thank you so much for listening and you guys will be hearing from me in the next episode where we continue to dive into this topic um it took a turn a different turn than what i was expecting but it was holy spirit led but we're gonna keep going into this topic and we will talk about the deceiving voice of doubt that satan places in your head as it relates to your fitness journey so i will talk to you guys then have a blessed day and remember that jesus loves you bye